Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. So who is shopping in malls? How much are they spending and how do these demographics change according to MRT, even bus schedules? Property Guru Group this month rolled out in Singapore Mall Intelligence as part of their data sense, the commercial version. Here to tell us about how these granular insights are powering mall owners across Asia-Pacific is Bob Kopes, who is Director of Strategy at the Property Guru Group. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Great to speak with you. Tell us, what is data sense, the commercial version. How different is it from what's come before? Well, DataSense that came before is actually a platform where we share market intelligence with our uh, consumers, customers, etc. And it was originally mainly focused on deriving insights that are very powerful from our proprietary platform data. So from propertyguru.com, for example, .sg, uh, as well as commercial guru, uh, as well as transactions. But what we've done now is we've actually taken uh, mobility data, which is effectively movement data of people, as well as payment data to get more granular insights of what's happening inside of malls. Okay, so how granular are these insights, Bob? Uh, Very granular, actually. Uh, We can tell where people are coming from within uh, Singapore in terms of their districts. We can tell whether customers are coming from outside and which countries they're coming from. We can tell how long they're spending at a particular mall, where they're going in terms of other malls, and therefore analyze competitive patterns, demographics. We can derive, to some extent, their age and um, whether they're a parent or a traveler, et cetera, et cetera. So we can go quite uh, quite granular. How do you know their age? Effectively, if you look at movement patterns on a mobile phone, you can derive to some extent, again, right, it's, a, it's an estimate, their age based on the kind of properties and places that they visit. But on top of that, we get some self-reported insights of those users, uh, and that helps us define what their age is. We will talk about how you're getting all this information in just a while. But first up, for the listener, can you share any sort of success stories or specific examples of how this module, Mall Intelligence, has already made a difference in the real estate sector? Sure. We're working with two customers uh, in particular that I can highlight. Um, One is particularly looking at where they should open their next store. So if you think about it, they want to know where they are already serving their customers, what Mm -hmm. other malls those customers are going to Mm -hmm. in a effort to avoid cannibalizing themselves. And because of that, they can find a better location to open up a store within a different mall uh, and serve new customers rather than serving their same customers twice and diluting that potential uh, revenue that they have. Second type of customer is actually looking at what is the kind of rent that I should be paying based on the footfall that we see within a particular mall. Wow. Yeah, because they know what their optimum customer subset is, Mm -hmm. right, in terms of demographics, in terms of how much footfall should we have to get a certain revenue, and then compare that to the rent that is being asked or that they should be offering to pay to the mall owner. Uh, And so those are just two use cases that we're now figuring out and going deep into with our customers that are using the beta, so to say. Um, But there's a lot more that when we launched it at the Asia Real Estate Summit, customers came to us or potential customers came to us and said, hey, I want to do this, this and the other thing with the platform. Can we do that? Wow. So it's open source and could, can be expanded and customized according to the needs of people using this. Yes. Talk to us about the levels of um, stakeholders that you think are going to be interested in this. Yeah, so the way we look at it is typically about four sets of, of stakeholders and then there's a bit of a longer tail. Mm-hmm. The main ones are, I'll, I'll just go top to bottom or bottom to top, but um, 
retailers. They want to know what's happening. How are they cannibalizing themselves or where else can they open up uh, customers? Then we go one level up and that's the mall owner. Today, typically, if you're a mall owner, you, you track traffic based on volume inside of your mall with cameras or with people clicking. Um, but what we can do is actually get the story behind those customers and provide them with insights of where those customers are coming from, where else are they going, and also how long are they spending in other places and potentially also how much are they spending in other places. Wow. Then one level before that is if someone is looking to develop a mall, you want to understand the area in which you're developing. So you understand already what kind of people are flowing there, where else are those customers currently spending their money, right? Where else, which other malls are they um, visiting? So that's the developers who are looking to buy a piece of land or develop a mixed use, for example, in, in Singapore. And then the last level above that is the investors. So typically in, in Singapore, the large malls are owned by REITs. There are people who are putting significant money into REITs, and they would want to understand how the individual assets of that REIT are doing rather than waiting one and a half month after the quarter end to get the results. So this will give all of those main stakeholders significant insights. Okay. So how are you deriving all this information of who's going? Are they a tourist? How much are they spending? Is this a young person who's visiting your mall? And where do they go next? And uh, some of it is self-disclosure, you say. Are you relying on uh, phone operators because you're using these pings from phones? What, what are you using? There's different data sets that we're using. Some of it, as I mentioned, is our own proprietary data with regards to supply and demand that we see for commercial properties. Some of it is manual collection where we're looking at tracking the the trade mix of a particular mall. But indeed, when you're talking about people movement, we actually work with a partner who doesn't sit at the, I guess, mobile phone provider part, right? It's not a telco. They actually look at a collection of apps that are running on the mobile phone. People opt in to share their location data when using those apps or when having them on their mobile phone. That data gets anonymized, that gets aggregated, and then we can derive and get those insights from that. So we work with a partner on that. And then when we're talking about payment data, which Mm. is something that we're also adding after the beta, then we're talking about working with payment providers to actually get the insights on what categories people are spending their money on in the surrounding areas of the mall to derive insights on how well is that area doing so that we don't just give volumes of customers, but also Mm. insights on the value of the customers that are going. I met you in December and, you know, you're doing a demonstration of this. Have there been any updates? I know it's pretty short span of time. We're talking 22nd January, but have there been any updates in terms of what this module can do since December? Yes. So we've gotten some good feedback from our customers. Uh, We've gotten some feedback of want-to-be and potential customers. So we're working to incorporate that. Uh, When we demonstrated this to you, again, at the Asia Real Estate Summit, we actually did the beta version with only about five malls in Singapore. And we were looking mainly at the Heartland malls. So what we're doing now uh, is actually adding it up to 50 malls, uh, the main malls that we're tracking across Singapore. And over then, beyond that, we're ramping it up to about 200 malls. So Singapore in total has about 200 malls. I think it's 180. Almost every mall in Singapore. Will be yeah, we can track it for, for almost every mall in Singapore. And then after that, we will roll it out to Malaysia. And then after that, to our other core markets of Thailand and Vietnam. How does Property Guru envision this being able to contribute to shaping the real estate landscape? It's a good question. We as Property Guru and Property Guru for Business specifically, we support our customers to make better property decisions. But on the consumer side, we want to make sure that we 
empower them to live, thrive, and work in tomorrow's city. And we believe that part of that is making sure that there's a transparent ecosystem. Mm. So we drive with data sense on the one side with residential and commercial, but now also with mall intelligence, more transparency for the stakeholders to ensure that they can make better, well-informed, but also earlier decisions mm. across the industry. Everybody's wild about AI. Is there any artificial intelligence integrated in this? Yes. So in data sense in and of itself, we actually uh, launched for some selected customers again, but all of our agents actually, who are using data sense, a conversational AI tool to actually just simply ask what the trends are and get those insights. Mm. Um, as part of model intelligence, not yet. Obviously, we want to launch it in um, full production version first, and then we will look to include more AI after that. You mentioned agents, and I just want to differentiate for the listener that on the one hand, we're talking about this mall intelligence module, which is uh, not available to individuals. It's most institutions that will be able to get their hands on this. Um, but property agents have for years been able to access part of this um, intelligence suite of tools Correct. that helps them figure out when they should sell, when the best time to sell is, what 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 a good asking price might be. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So um, at Property Guru, we, we serve about 59,000 agents across our, our entire footprint. And all of the agents in Singapore have had access to our data analytics tools from, I think, about a year and a half ago now. And what we really try to do there is making sure that they have access to all of the transaction data that's available in Singapore. That's more commonly available anyway. But yeah. on top of that, we put some of our own data. So as Property Guru, we get good insights into what people are looking for, when they're looking for it, what's the price that they're looking for. And then on the other hand, the, the supply that's available. So what we do for agents is we provide that to them to indeed make better decisions faster. We, we even do it at a single um, unit level where we have a home report for them to easily share with their consumers. So if someone is interested, feel free to ask your agent. Wow. Um, and we've always done that, again, to drive that transparency in the in the market. So I, as a homeowner, can ask my property agent to give me this report powered by Property Guru. Correct. Tools, data and tools yes. that will give me a relative sense of demand for my area, yes. pricing even. Yes. And one of the things that, it, that is very interesting that, that people generally don't think about mm. is the fact that when you're in a potential home buyer... Having transaction data is a lagging indicator. Yes. Because when I start to look potentially, you know, especially for buying, renting is probably about three months, but rent, buying, you start looking three to six months before your actual transaction. So by the time that you get transaction data, it's a bit of a lagging indicator of what's happening in the market. So our data from our platform actually shows three to six months earlier what's happening in the market. And so what we share with the agents, but particularly also with our institutional customers, is that earlier insight well before it becomes a transaction. So we see trends. So when people talk about a certain market cooling off or when people talk about prices going down, we see that trend going slightly earlier on our platform because people are less willing to look for expensive properties or people are more willing to look for expensive properties when the market starts coming back up. Wow. How are you able to look beyond transacted prices that are published, available, you are a, a residential caveat? What are you doing besides those then that allow you a look ahead? Yeah. So if we if we think about it, everybody who comes to propertyguru.com is someone who's giving signals of their intent. And so we capture 
those signals, not at an individual level, but we aggregate them, right? Mm -hmm. So we say, look, for this particular project or this particular area, how much demand do we see coming in this day, this month at a particular price? And so if we see the popularity of a higher price range go up, we know that people are willing to pay more. If we see a popularity of that high price range going down, we know that people are willing to pay less. So effectively, we look at these intent signals, we combine them. Uh, We have three of them, very practically speaking. uh, And that's then our intent signal on the demand side. So can you tell me what's popular now in Singapore in terms of areas? Yes, we can. We, we can have a separate deep dive. <laughs> but effectively, what we see is that there are some areas that are becoming quite popular. Wow. Um, yes. Oh, my goodness. Bob doesn't want to move markets. I can tell. No. We have a separate real estate intelligence unit who's more than happy to share some of those insights. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So we come back to mall intelligence. We are talking about this new module with Bob Kopis, who is Director of Strategy at Property Guru Group. How does does this particular module, Mall Intelligence, address the challenges that are being met by your different stakeholders? You mentioned four levels. How does it address really the challenges that they're facing in this in today's real estate market? Mm. I think if we work our way up from, from the agents, I think one of the things that we see is that potential customers, meaning someone who's looking to buy or to rent a particular property in a, inside of a mall, is becoming more and more data set. Oh, they yes. want to understand what's happening. They have their own models to anticipate what that means for their potential business. And so they're asking more of the agent. And this is another tool in their toolbox to provide those insights to potential customers. Then when it comes to the owners, the average owner knows for their particular property what's happening. Um, as I was saying, you can add in more insights to, to help them understand their customers without having to physically ask the customer of where did they come from, where else do they go, what is the kind of person they are. But what we also share is where else those individuals are going, which is something that's a bit of a black box to a diff- owner Absolutely. today because yeah. they just know who's coming into their mall, but not which competitor mall they go to. So that's a level of of insights that can help them make better marketing decisions, that can make better investment decisions. But it's also data that they would want to share with their potential customers, because their potential customers, even if it's working through an agent, want to get that data from the mall operator as well. Absolutely. Then we have those that are developing a piece of land. You would want to understand who is the potential customer that I can draw to this location. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that you mentioned is MRT and bus stop. um, Schedules. Schedules but not just schedules, also volumes. So we help with that as well. So that you know, okay, for this particular location, at least today, we see where people are coming from. Tomorrow, if I develop here, where can I draw people from? Where are those people going? And so we can do that with the MRT data. We can do that with bus data. We can do that with our mobility data. So we help them make better decisions on that, buying a piece of land and then developing that piece of land. And then the last one, which perhaps is, is very interesting as well, is the owner's investors. So someone who buys a stock of a REIT or wants to fund a particular purchase, they have, an, I guess, an interest in knowing before, again, the quarterly results or even just in general, how the market is doing for their investment decisions. And we provide that granularity. And because it's at a country level, right, we track all of the malls, it allows you to make a relative decision rather than a standalone division. Uh, Because if you think about it, a REIT will only provide the data for their particular malls and their particular assets to investors. And again, that's at the end of the quarter. Mm -hmm. But if you know how everybody else is doing, it allows you to put it in a proper context and then understand whether you want to sell, keep, buy more. Wow. Imagine what this is doing for acquisition and decisions in that area as well. Which areas in Asia already have shown interest in this? Um, so when we, when we launched it, um, because the Property Guru Real Estate Awards were after that, the um, Asia Awards, 
what effectively happens is you get a lot of people interacting with this beta, especially the demo. So there's a lot of requests outside of our core markets, um, but particularly the core markets were very interested. So because Singapore as a commercial um, real estate location is so valuable, mm -hmm. there's a lot of questions coming here. But then in the other markets, the level of intransparency is a lot higher. So where we see here, because of the quantum and the value of the decisions, there's a lot of demand. Outside of Singapore, you see because there's such a lack of transparency beyond Singapore. For example, you mentioned the transaction data that's not available in Vietnam and Thailand. So having this kind of data significantly improves the decision making there. So we see a lot of um, demand from outside of Singapore as well. But when we talked about AI, Bob, you mentioned mm -hmm. there's a conversational aspect that mainly relates to um, talking to property agents, not so much this module, right? Mall intelligence yes. still being um, sorted through by, I suppose, teams of data experts. Is yes. that how it works? Still very manual and human? Yeah. So I, th I think the way to look at it is that typically speaking, when, when our customers are coming in, they have their own data teams. So they prefer to do their own data analysis on top of our data. Mm -hmm. Although we provide most of the insights, they would want to cut it their way to fit their model, etc., etc. Because of that, we, we haven't done AI there from the get-go. Whereas we see on the agent who is busy, on the go, needs to answer a question quickly rather than going through our data to find the answer. Right. We figured let's implement it there first to help them bridge that gap much faster and be able to just quickly ask that question while they're with the customer Yeah. versus a more company who has a five-person data team that has the time to go through it and cut it the way they want to cut it. So interesting. Is there even a possibility of helping governments figure out tourism flows, who's coming, who's going, where are they shopping? Uh, yes. So actually, we've had a request from government agencies as well. Uh, and actually, some of the government agencies work with our other side of data sense because we, we get a lot of the demand and supply data from, from a country. Yeah. Um, but also on the mall intelligence side. And it's exactly that. So they, they want to have a look at what's happening in the commercial space, right? So for the malls, it in and of itself, standalone. But the same data can be used to track tourism flows and how many are coming back from which country, where are they going while mm -hmm. they're in Singapore, how long are they staying in Singapore. Of course, the government has some of that data anyway. Way with regards to who's coming into the country, of course. Yeah, but, but this real-time movement. Time. Yeah, exactly. Sounds so yeah. new. Is yeah. there anything like it that exists in the market? I think in Southeast Asia, no. There's some uh, in, in other markets. I mean, in, for example, the United States, some of this is a little bit more developed in terms of adoption. But in Southeast Asia, there is none of this uh, currently out there. Okay. And you talked about how in December, some potential customers were coming forward saying, hey, we'd like this. Could you expand it to include this, this and that? Uh, what are some of the extra features that people are already clamoring for? So one of the things is obviously to expand it to other markets. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily that that's, um, I'll just give a hypothetical example, right? Uh, it's not necessarily that a Japanese developer wants us to move to Japan. It's also, it could be a Singapore developer who's asking, I wish I had this data for this market. Yep. So that's one, which is just a, an increase of scope of data. The next one is to get more granular. So for the data that we already have, can we get more details? Can I get it in a different metric because I use that other metric, right? So it's cutting the same data differently. Right. And then lastly, it's a couple more data points, which are a little bit trickier to get. Uh, and that can be consumer preferences, for example. So we look at 
consumers as a aggregated, anonymized, generic profile. But they would want to know a little bit deeper on how they can attract, change that dynamic, which means more deep consumer understanding. So that's something that we're looking into. How popular is this already with developers here? I wonder who the progressive developers are who've already come forward and said, yes, I want this. Well, I can't tell you names. <laughs> um, so there, there are a couple. Uh, I th- actually think that the because in, in Singapore, the opportunity to develop new land, it's a, it's a little bit limited. Right, um, so it's more the, the owner operators uh, that are coming forward at the moment in Malaysia. As an example, mm-hmm. there you see really the the developer step up on wanting to get access because there there is still a lot more development of new malls going on in new locations and development of townships, etc. So there we see the bigger uh, developers coming around. This is amazing. How long has this been in development, and um, where is it now in terms of rollout? Question. Uh, so this is not something that went and happened overnight. Uh, so it's been in development for more than half a year. Um, the if you look at it, one is acquisition of the data, mm-hmm. simply getting access to that. Then it's the modeling the data and then it's also obviously making sure that the module works properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why we're working with some beta customers as well to make sure that th- it works for them. Yeah, it, it, more than, than half a year that it's been uh, in development. Where is it going from here? Well, again, we have all of these use cases coming in, so there's plenty of room to grow. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for giving us a glimpse. It's it's really, really fascinating. And I can imagine a day when probably every REIT owner will have this in their toolbox. We hope so, yeah. Yeah. Bob Coppers, is Director of Strategy for the Property Guru Group. Thanks for coming by, Bob. Thank you for having me. Now, let us talk about how much my property is worth. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.